You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. So when we left off last time, Jules and Val were not having the best of times. Val was ignoring Jules' phone calls because she was going through some personal stuff at school with people calling her all sorts of unpleasant names with regards to her sexuality. Now we cut to, I don't actually know what's happening, something exciting, I'm sure. Yeah, Juliana, after kind of Valentina ignoring her, is now leaving her house to go somewhere. Um, And when we come out, it's kind of from the perspective of the chauffeur. And again, you know, the, the chauffeur who is Val's dad in her dad's body can't you know let Juliana see him because she'll kind of kind of have a freak out but he is there watching her trying to understand what's going on and I think this is because Val kind of confided in him about the situation and he knows that they're in a rocky patch yeah it's really subtle because the passage outside of the house that Jules is staying in is not huge and there's nothing there to hide this giant black car that, you know, she is very familiar with because she's been chauffeured around in this giant black car. So super subtle, not so much, but regardless, she doesn't notice him and off she goes. Next thing we cut to Sergio and Val. Sergio comes in, Val's looking very unimpressed and she's like, uh, I don't know, something about Lucio. Yeah, she thinks that Lucio sent Sergio and yeah, Val's just really sad. She's on the living room sofa under a blanket, listening to something on her headphones. Uh, you know, she's obviously like going through it and kind of turning inward on herself. Um, and she, you know, immediately is like, Sergio, like, I don't, you know, I hope Lucho didn't send you here. And he's like, no, I thought the way people treated you was really wrong and goes on to say you know surprisingly that he's happy for the two of them uh, and that he thinks they they make a nice couple so it doesn't exactly come out of left field given how can given how congenial and go with the flow Sergio's been this entire time about everything and kind of like the peacekeeper Um, but it does make what happens later in the series I think kind of sting even a little harder because he is you know, saying all the right things in this moment and being supportive and everything. He also confesses that he's the one that let it slip to Nayeli, which is how it got out at school. After he confesses, she confronts him and she's like, how could you do that to me? And he's like, I'm so sorry, I was drunk. And so they kind of make up and it's actually very beautifully shot, especially her. Is it possible to not shoot her beautifully, though, is the question. And... You know, I she says something to the effect of everybody would have found out anyway. And I think she believes that and she understands it's true. But she's also trying to absolve Sergio of feeling badly about this thing that he did that he absolutely shouldn't have done. So I understand why she does what she does here. And she's a very forgiving and loving person. And I think that's great. But 
I don't love that she kind of lets him off the hook so easily because he absolutely outed her, uh, which is a, a big no-no. But, you know, I think she's just that kind of forgiving person where, you know, what's she going to do? Tell him to leave and never come back? Like, that's not really who she is. Also, he's been her friend since, like, childhood. Yeah. You know? And he's coming over and he is apologizing. He's taking all the responsibility for what's been happening. So it's not like he's, you know, trying to shirk it off or anything like that. So what do you do? Do you really still be upset with him? Do you forgive the guy? I mean, her life is kind of in shambles right now. So I could understand a little more being upset. But But that's not her temperament. No, it really isn't. And also, isn't it better to have friends on your side? It's better to have friends that you can trust. (laughs) But a friend that you can't trust, I would argue, is the worst kind of person in your life at all because you tell them things and then they would go tell them to other people versus somebody that you're not friends with who you would never say those things to in the first place or confide in them in that way. Well, that is true. And that's actually happened to me. In fact, I was outed at school by a friend who I thought was my best friend. Yeah. And I, again, I think, you know... There are a lot of moments with Sergio that on their own are problematic, but not insurmountable, um, given all the different things the show delves into. But they start to kind of stack up. And I think that this was, again, coming from the, the construct of being a viewer who was watching when things were premiering live. So everybody was speculating every day about what was going to happen on the next night's episode. Because again, this it ran Monday through Friday for an hour every night. So it was a, a lot of content and a lot to speculate on. And I think that we'll get to it. There's a moment that really divided the fandom on Sergio on whether he was still redeemable and they understood why that happened or if he was essentially like a predator in their mind. So I think that once that scene hits, you either go back and connect all of these dots that you're like, yeah, he's an absolute POS. Um, or you still think of him as kind of like an idiotic, not like menacing, but just idiotic man who doesn't understand and has kind of lived in a world of privilege and doesn't get the implications of his actions. Well, that's an interesting take. You think he's a predator the whole time? Like this is all planned? I think he's just opportunistic. Even the the later, what happens later, I think it was an opportunistic move on his part. Right. And I, but I think the, the argument and the conversation becomes where's the line between being opportunistic and being predatory? Because you can argue like what he does later, he knows he shouldn't be doing. And he knows that it's not what, Juliana would really want but he kind of manipulates her emotions so opportunistic is like hey I want to do this let's do this and not really fighting them on it but he says things and does things to ensure that she's kind of feeling as emotionally unsteady as possible I think that's the big argument that a lot of people make and that I'm kind of inclined to agree with (laughs) <laughs> All right. Then he talks about how the people at school are idiots, and but they'll get over it, the, the news about Val, and they'll normalize it. And if not, I'll take care of those idiots, he says. And she smiles, and she looks 
happy to have somebody on her side. And considering she's shutting everyone out, including Jules right now, having a friend I think is important for her. Absolutely. And, you know, he says something really nice that he wants to congratulate her on her taste in women and that she did such a good job upgrading from Lucho to Juliana. And like, that's the absolute perfect thing to say to her in that moment. Absolutely. And then they both kind of laugh and it's very sweet healing moments. Now we cut to um, Eva and um, the driver dude. She's scheming. She wants to know something from him. Right. She asks him if he's been the one that's been taking vow to meet her friend Juliana. And she's all chipper and sweet and says, I have some questions for you. And kind of, you know, puts her arm in his arm and just walks him off. Uh, And the very next scene between them, uh, we see Juliana go to open the door of the house that they're staying at. And... Valent or um Ava is no longer looking sweet and chatty. It's one of those kind of if looks could kill type situations. Yeah, as the door opens, Ava's standing there and she starts confronting Juliana immediately. She says, Juliana, right? Now, is this the first this is not the first time she's met, they've met, which just goes to show how unimportant Juliana was prior to this to her because she asks you know you juliana but juliana's actually met her at the party right oh wow and now she's accusing jules of all sorts of delightful things so she says first you seduced valentina then you come live here in chivi's house and then what do you want to do live in my dad's house poor jules is getting this just this like bombardment of accusations of Basically, it's the same old stuff that we've been going through from the beginning. You know, you want Val's money. You want access to all this, like, the good life because you're a street rat. Hey, it's like Aladdin, but in Mexico. It's like a Mexican Aladdin with women. It's the best thing ever. Jules actually stands up and says, look, what I feel for Valentina is real. Oh, wow. Do you want to talk about Ava's sexual diversity and being in favor of it yeah i mean nothing so ava doesn't really know juliana and it's because ava never took the time to get to know juliana because she had always thought that juliana was beneath her and just figured that it was a stray that val brought home and that she would lose interest in her but now it's becoming more serious so there is this kind of rift in Valentina basically being in love with Juliana at this point and wanting to be with her and them having this deep connection and Ava still looking at her like she's just this peripheral part of Valentina's life. So as much as it pains me to say it, nothing, I think everything she says to Juliana makes perfect sense from her perspective because man or woman, she wouldn't want Valentina to date down from her class or from her wealth group. You know, I don't think she would be okay with like the male version of Juliana either. She makes it very clear that she's not a homophobe. It's not, it's not about being gay. It's about that she thinks that Juliana is using Valentina. And she says, you know, 
I'm in favor of them adopting children and getting married. Them, like, as if, uh, you know, those people over there. Those... You know when people are like, oh, I'm not a racist or I'm not a classist or I'm not a whatever, but those people, yeah, she's doing that. Right. It's a way to other them out of the world that Ava lives in, which then she goes on to categorically say, but all of that, you know, needs to be far away from my family. So in the abstract, and I think the show did a wonderful job with this because this is what a lot of families struggle with. It's, hey, I'm, you know, not a homophobe, but I'm not okay with my kid being gay. Um, it becomes very different when you're talking about in the abstract versus in the practical, how you fit that into a life that you didn't expect to have to, you know, fit it into. So again, you know, don't love having to listen to any of this, but really love that the show is having these conversations because I think it's another extremely important one, especially in a country like Mexico, where, and it's, it's still such a big issue in the United States as well. It's a big issue everywhere, but really glad they, they touched on this specific point. She straight up says, so I'm going to ask you to stay away from my sister before you ruin her life. That's literally what she thinks is going to happen is, you know, not love and consent and happy, great sex. no, You're going to ruin her life. And Ava doesn't know that everybody already knows about Valentina at this point. You know, Lucho came to her. They decided to handle it discreetly, as you do with wealthy family matters. But the cat is out of the bag because Sergio couldn't keep his mouth shut. So it's all getting infinitely more complicated. So while Ava's running around thinking she's doing this like great damage control, nobody's going to have to know. It's already happening. Things are already in motion. And I kind of love that from like the the cinematic perspective. Absolutely. What's so cool here on a side note is the way Jules is reacting. She just shuts down. You can see that she's been on the receiving end of nasty comments before. I'm guessing from like her father, from like the people she was running away from, that kind of thing. So when you're used to it, you you sort of have this defense mechanism where you just shut down. Whereas Val, for example, if you look at the way she handled it, Val was much more emotional, much more kind of like trying to bat back. Jules just shuts down. Oh, and then Ava threatens Jules by saying, oh, I will have to ruin yours, your life. If you ruin my sister's life, basically. There's a beautiful, just holding that moment where, like, after the confrontation, after Ava turns around and walks away, where Jules just takes, like, this deep breath and you can see this was unexpected and very unpleasant. Yeah. But it was pretty clear she knew that she wasn't going to change Ava's mind in that moment. And I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, maturity or if it's a really sad thing. Uh, that that's how she responded. But absolutely, to your point, you know, she's been in this situation before. She, I think, knows that kind of yelling about it, especially to somebody like Ava, isn't going to change the tide of the conversation. So she just, you know, she said, nope, I'm not going to use her. I care about her. Ava didn't want to hear that, threatened her. And then Liliana's like, okay, cool. And, you know, that was it. The The longer she would have fought it, the 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 longer it would have gone on, I think is is how that would have worked out. 
Okay, now we're with uh, Val and her brother. And he's pecking, I think. Well, he's he's kind of already gone, but I think he's come back for something. So it's it's clear that they haven't seen each other in a little while. Right. So he, she's catching him up now and she's saying, Piggy is going through a bit of a rough patch himself. So they're catching each other up on what's been going on in their respective lives. And... Val is saying, you know, a lot has happened. And then Guia is talking about how he lives in this new place and they've actually stolen his tires and he can't actually buy himself new ones because he doesn't have any money because he left the family when Ava was trying to stop him. So, yeah, there's consequences for his love decision. <sighs> Val is so sweet. Um, and he says he can't find a job either. So Val's like, I'll buy you new tires if you want. She'll just make it better. So this conversation is interesting because he's talking about how difficult it is. How difficult it is outside of the family, how difficult it is without the money, how difficult it is without the job. And it's more difficult than he expected. Which is almost like a like a warning to Val. I don't think he's intending it as a warning, but it, it sort of comes across as this warning to Val. If you continue down this path of love, you're going to end up with nothing. Which is exactly what Ava said. So it's sort of reinforcing this... Yeah, I definitely, it's not a warning. It just ends up being a parallel because they are, interestingly enough, you know, although they're going through different experiences, they're also struggling against, you know, what their family expects of them, finding love with people who Ava finds to be unsuitable. You know, And I also think that that's a really sweet parallel even though it's a horrible situation that Juliana and Val's story is very similar to the story of Guille and Renata even though one is a straight couple and one is a gay couple and Ava just hates everybody <laughs> which is the the point of Ava even though that you know again the, the show tries to redeem characters I think they do it better with some than with others but yeah, it's not a warning so much as a parallel that I think Val is going to internalize because everything right now is falling apart. School is being mean to her and she's telling her brother right now as he's looking at the phone with what people are saying that she never expected that people were going to react this poorly. Ava is breathing down her throat. Juliana's not returning her calls like still you know, it, it's it's an awful situation. It is a parallel, but his story arc is a little further along than hers, which is why I say it's kind of like a warning because it's kind of like she will get to that place if she continues in the same vein and just says, stuff it all, I don't need any of this. Yeah, but he does say, you know we have to suffer a bit, right? As in we have to go, you're gonna have to go through some bad stuff. So I think for sure she could take what he's saying either way. Yeah. But also, yeah. you know, it takes two people to tango in a relationship. And while Val is going through some things, deciding what she wants out of the situation, Juliana is also going through some things, deciding what she wants out of the situation based on what's happening to her. Right. Val does not know that Ava went to confront Jules. She, in fact, doesn't know anything about what's going on with Jules now because she just straight up shut Jules out. 
Exactly. And, you know, I think she thought that she was doing the right thing at the time, but it's really going to come back to bite her because she's left Juliana alone to make these decisions. Right. And when you start isolating Jules, Jules starts like taking the easier road. So he's saying to her now, you know, maybe this is meant to be, maybe we're meant to suffer a little bit. But she's also pleading with him, please don't stay away. Don't distance yourself. Because things are easier when we have each other. And then she says to him something actually very similar to what she said to Jules, which is, can't the four of us just get away? So if you recall, she stood just before confronting Ava. She stood outside Jules's house and hugged her and said, I just want to run away with you. I just don't want to be here. And so she still has that feeling. Just want to give them hugs. Come, let's run away together, all of us. And this show, I mean, watching it live, it put you through the ringer because you would spend every scene hoping because it does really quick transitions. You know, a scene is only like one to two and a half minutes, maybe, depending on the scene and what they're sharing. So there's a lot of transitions and there's a lot of main cast members. So as you're watching live, you know, you maybe only got like three or four scenes of Juliana and Valentina. So as a fan of Juliantina, you were always watching for them. And, you know, nothing about the prior scene is Val saying, I'm going to go to her. So it's just her talking to her brother. And suddenly the next scene they're in together, she's like, oh, I'm not going to text her and tell her I miss her. I'm just going to show up there. So I this is just to draw and to illustrate like the highest of highs as we build up this mountain where they haven't been together for a couple of episodes and they've been going through these horrible things and you're just you're so excited to see them back together because it's been a while in the you know in the eyes of the viewer and I just want to kind of set that scene for how things are gonna make you feel um in in the next couple of scenes absolutely and this is such a visual doll like you when the when you see this you know where you are you know you're at the place where Jules is staying right now so to see Val outside there your heart gets happy yay and then it doesn't so Jules opens up and she says um and Val's like hey and then Jules is like Val hold on hold on hold on and she comes outside she doesn't want Val to come inside and then Jules looks around and says, your sister just left. And this is the first that Val is hearing about this. So she looks suitably shocked. So then Jules tells Val that, because Val's like, why was she here? Anyway, so they have the conversation about what Ava was on about. And of course, Val says, seriously. And she asks, why is everyone against us? And then Jules gets a phone call. It's her mother phoning, wanting to know who was knocking on the door. Because, you know, you can't possibly come check yourself. And then they decide they're going out for a bit. Okay, to be fair, though, she's hiding from the hitman. They don't know she's there, though. Right, but they're starting to know that, like, maybe she didn't die. And she's really afraid because they killed one of their own because of how poorly he botched killing her. Um so I think that that all lends to the heightened sense of, you know, yeah, it kind of seems like a silly thing. But 
Also, it would be harder for them to get away if her mom came out. So, like, I kind of like that they did that because, like, Lupe just, like, messes shit up. So I'm glad she didn't show up and just called. And it forces Juliana to want to leave so her mom doesn't come out once she knows that it's safe so that they can go have this conversation that they need to have. Whereas, you know, otherwise... Juliana might have just like shut down and kind of gone back inside or had the conversation outside and it would have been abbreviated. Okay. I mean, that's fair. But she's still wearing Valentina's necklace. Right. So Val is charging off now. They've decided they're going out. So Val's charging off towards the car. Little baby gazelle. (laughs) And Jules is running to try and keep up and she's like, (laughs) keeps calling, but Val's like, you know, stomping off and then they get to the car and the chauffeur is saying i'm sorry but juliana can't come in the car he's gotten instructions from ava i have never been so disappointed in illyrio and i get it he's between a rock and a hard place my man like he's driven them around everywhere but ava's paying his paycheck yeah and so val is trying very hard to get him to relent and he's just not having it his job is on the line if ava got wind that he had let jules into the car i have no doubt that he would have lost his job right ava's just like that let's well, think ava doesn't reason with people she controls people mm. you know she forces them with ultimatums to do what she wants them to do and i think also because Gie is out in the world doing what he wants now and didn't cave to her ultimatum. She's even more stressed because one out of two is not a good record for your siblings disowning themselves from the family. But zero out of two is, you know, probably even worse. Uh, And I don't know if Ava, Ava probably went and tried to like scare Renata as well. Um, (laughs) Like I can almost guarantee that there's a a scene that we haven't seen that is like exactly like that. But yeah, she's really pulling out all the stops to, to make sure that this ends as quickly as possible. So Val's getting increasingly upset with Illyrio and Jules is actually stopping her and saying, Val, Val, relax you know, trying to sort of be a peacemaker here, which is an interesting kind of... And she's like, don't yell at him, it's not his fault. And he looks sad. I mean, the poor dude, he's... He really loves Val. So now we cut to the park, and Val is showing Jules her phone with the the delightful stuff that they said about her on. Yeah, I don't want to do this scene. (laughs) I object to this scene. And uh, so, yeah, I might need to, like, separate my emotions a little bit just because I hate this scene so much. And I think I've probably watched it, you know, for having to done at least like a dozen rewatches of Huli and Tina. I've probably watched this scene like three times um, just because I don't love it. And I don't need this in my life. But everything about like this scene like even though things are going wrong I think you still go into it kind of having this hope like they met on a park bench you want to believe that like park benches are where good things happen to them not bad things um you know they've separate from one another they've defended their love 
So like you really go into this with the stakes being so high because it really could go either way. Like they do a great job of the world pressing down on them, but both of them not caving to it. But also there's this uncertainty there. I mean, I think they did just about damn near everything they possibly could before this scene takes place to put you in a situation where you honestly have no idea what's going to happen. And that's why it hurts all the more. I think if Ava had not confronted Jules, this would not have happened. I think Ava put Jules in a situation where this was inevitable. Yeah, but I also think, you know, Juliana's starting to think about her mother. And her mother doesn't even know yet. So she can't even deal with Valentina's sister saying stuff. How is she going to deal with her own mom? And they don't, you know, I think it, they bring it up very, very close to like when everything starts to spiral. And it's like, you know, after they leave the ballet house and Juliana goes home. Um, but there's, you know, Valentina or Juliana hasn't even really confronted anything in her own life associated with it yet. So if you haven't watched yet, then um, they're about to break up. So hold on, folks. Here we go. You can see she's uh, Jules is building up to it. She's starting to justify. Also, the body language is interesting on this um, scene because Jules is facing away from Val. Val is facing very much towards Jules. It's sort of the opposite to, you know, some of the earlier scenes we watched with them where Jules was the one that was pushing to, you know, keep going, to stay together, that sort of thing. See how um, Jules can't look at Val when she says that. So she's like, why am I the only one talking about this? Uh, you Are you referring to me? Yes. It's been like 10 seconds. So It's a very angsty 10 seconds. <laughs> it's absolutely angst-filled. And I was going to say, I think the language that she chooses to use is so interesting because she doesn't say we should break up. She says, I don't know if we should keep doing this. It's so passive it's the most passive way that you can break up with someone <laughs> my sister and I got in this terrible fight once and she basically said that to me and I was like are you trying to break up with me because that's not how this works like we're gonna be sisters you're not doing that and I just completely dismissed it so I think it's so like I latched onto those words immediately because, yeah, she's like, I don't think that we should be doing this or I don't know if we should. It's like shoulds and coulds and not a lot of declarative statements there. You know, it's it's obvious she doesn't want to, but she's floating the idea so that they can have the conversation about it. She's not shutting everything down right now, but she's she's floating the idea. She can't look at Val in the face when she says that she's looking away and then there's a beautiful moment where Val like just looks at her and then and then she turns and looks at Val and it's this kind of like now I'm I'm gauging where you're at and she makes her say it Val says with what she makes her say what the what is and Juliana to her credit says with us being together you know, she she bucks up and says it. 
So their body language is mirrored. Just on a side note. And Val's like, what about our pact? And Jules says we were naive when we did our pact. This was like, what, a day ago? Two days ago? Something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so Val is like, I'm willing to give up whatever I need to give up. I'll fight anyone. I love that. I think it's so funny. I don't care if it's my friends or my family. And Jules just says, no, Jules is not willing to go there. And they get into this ridiculous fight that makes sense perfectly in the context of the show. But Juliana's like, hitmen are looking for my mom. And then Jules says, I don't want my life to be affected. And then Val's like, my life is already affected. And they're kind of fighting by this point. And not fighting, they're just like talking passionately because Juliana keeps lobbing these reasons and Val just keeps smacking them back at her. And that's what this conversation is. And they both keep going up and up and up um, with the intensity of it. And it's everything, you know, Juliana from being like, this isn't a good time. I have to take care of my mom. And Val's like, what does that have to do with anything? And smacks it back. And Juliana's like, you know, I've already impacted... I don't want to impact your life. And Val's like, my life is already impacted. Smacks that one back. And, you know, it's just excuse after excuse. And they're not excuses. You could call them reasons. But Val is is having none of it because she has just spent the last day fighting for all of this. But again, remember, she completely iced Juliana out. So, like, Juliana kind of knows but doesn't know. Like, in you know, Val is having this experience where she's like, how can Valentina not get, or how can Juliana not get that I'm, you know, I'm doing everything so that we can make this work. But, like, why would Juliana? Because Val didn't talk to her, even though she was trying to protect her. It's, like, quite frankly, Shakespearean. I love it. I mean, that's valid. Yeah. So good. So messy. So messy, but it all fits. And then Jules finally said, look, let's just not look for each other anymore, okay? And then she gets up and leaves. And then we stay on Val's face as Jules makes the decision to just not be together anymore. And Yeah, and two things about that. One, that's such a weird thing to say. Let's not look for each other anymore. Well, not really in the context of their relationship. If you think about it, Val kept looking for Jules in the park. Right. So I was going to say to lend credence to your soulmates, which in the construct of Juliantina do exist, but that's my exception. Um, You know, (laughs) let's not look for each other. That... I don't know. I just think there's this weird sort of parallel that it's like they don't necessarily look for each other. They find each other, even if they don't know that that's what they're doing. And I think that that's really sweet. So the language that she used, you know, she gets that it's it's something bigger than it feels like them, like making the choice to be together. They just keep ending up in one another's sphere. So I think that's sweet, even if that's not what the the writers were actually trying to convey there. Well, on a show where death ships you, can you really not find one another again? Yeah, 
I think you will, even if you don't want to. Yep. And then we cut to the very next scene, which is where Val is drinking. Because she does this when her life is falling apart. And you can hear Val's thoughts. And she's hearing Jules just say those final words over and over again. And she says to Illyria, take me to the offices. She's drunk. And she's mad. And she's sad. Now we catch to Jules, who's sitting in her bedroom, and she's just crying. Mom comes in and says, are you okay? But it's, like, kind of, like, controlled crying. Like, she's being very stoic about it. But I think for her, the fact that tears are falling at all, she's very, very much feeling it on the inside. As we know, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, we've never seen her cry yet. We see, we see Valentina cry, like, every day about something happy or sad. Like, that's her default. So to show Valentina's turmoil, they show her drinking. Because that shows how out of control she is and what she does when she can't deal with her emotions. But for Juliana, even though her tears are much more subdued and her face is much more subdued, it actually means more that there are any of them. Could you be all deep and philosophical? What I'm here for. She's also hearing the conversation. She's hearing what Val says now. So, like, she's replaying that in her mind. And... Yeah, when they get into that fight, they just say, I think this is one of the... It's not lost in translation. I get it. It's just the word no. But they just say the word no back and forth to each other, like, six times. Like, one is a declarative statement and one is a question. And it's just perfect. It's perfect. And it conveys so much. I think she told her mother to give her space. So I think mother's disappeared off again while she's reliving this argument. And she looks over at her phone. Her phone, which has been a connection to Val very often. And it's ringing and it's Sergio. Oh, it's a message, sorry. It's a message and it's Sergio. How does Sergio know that there's stuff going on? Has Val told him? I don't think he knows that they've broken up at this point. I think that he is just reaching out because he knows that Valentino was outed and things are getting tricky. Right. Okay. So he's saying... I know things are complicated. Are you up for a coffee and a hug? I love this scene. It is such a mess. Um, all right. So we don't actually know what her decision is around Sergio and whether or not she's going to go meet him. And next time we're going to talk about what happens when Drunk Val pitches up at her sister's workplace. Mad as a hornet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and we'll talk about uh, what happens with Sergio and Jules. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam. If you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan, and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website, www.monicamccallan.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.